0: This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com, on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com and also on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Also joined by a new sponsor this week in manscaped.com. We'll have more about that a little bit later on. It's been a bit of a weird podcast for us this week. Normally we would release the podcast on a Wednesday afternoon at 12 o'clock. We've had to hold back on this one though due to the fact that there's been news coming through in regards to this weekend's supercars in Darwin. And what we can tell you is that the event which was scheduled for this weekend has been postponed by a week to next weekend. And the event that was meant to be next weekend has also been postponed and could be run on a Wednesday night. That's all that's come through from Sean Seymour, the CEO from Supercars, who just held a press conference just an hour or two ago. And Sean Seymour saying the event timings, well, they they have been changed.
1: What we had... So the event that we had planned this weekend, format, entire allocation, TV coverage with Channel 10, etc., will be next weekend. And then the second event that was supposed to be that weekend, we're currently rescheduling. Right. Does, does that make sense? Because we've, we've got broadcast obligations that we need to deliver on, which is why this weekend's kind of being pushed back a week. The yes, end sure. yeah. yeah. But I guess the debate or the question is, after the 15th, 16th of August, when it will be held? Will it be a week, the weekend after, or will it be possibly midweek? Uh, as I said, we're working through those options right now with the Northern Territory Government. But there is a, an election up there, there's other sport on, and we need to factor in the forecast windows as well. So, as you guys know, there's a few people that we need to get uh, aligned uh, before we can announce that.
0: Seema also saying that it's been a fairly tough past week for Supercars and its staff.
1: Yeah, so we've obviously spent the last three, four, the last week really, um, working with the Northern Territory Government on updating our COVID safe plans for the events up there as a result of the declaration of Brisbane and uh, surrounding areas as hotspots. So up until this point in time, our primary focus has been getting the health plans done, Uh, obviously... Um, some information around what's happening there has already unfortunately come out today, but I'm not in a position to talk a a lot more about that now until um, health has uh, prepared everything on their side up in the Northern Territory. Um, But we're on our way to Darwin. We're going racing. Um, I think it's fair to assume that um, this weekend will be postponed, Um, but what happens beyond that we'll work through. Uh, With the Northern Territory and events team over the next sort of 48 hours. But our our number one priority has been getting everybody up there safely and doing it in such a way that's safe for the Territorians. And that's what we've been working on over the past week.
0: Seema, though, not upset that supercars were caught off guard by the government in the Northern Territory closing the border to those Queensland hotspots? No,
1: I think that unfortunately um, no one could have predicted that people were going to go shoplifting in Victoria. So uh, unfortunately you can only control what you can control. Unfortunately because of the travel times with everything from satellite trucks, fuel trucks, that there was no way. And We've been speaking to the Northern Territory Government daily for a week about this is since the the two cases were identified on return from Victoria, so uh, unfortunately there's no amount of, given the distance that needed to be travelled, say to the people that go on a plane, uh, the operations, unfortunately we're not like a ball sport where you can throw the guys on the plane and and you're away, Uh, operationally there's a lot that needs to play out on the
0: ground. So the schedule is all pretty much up in the air sort of at the moment. What we do know, though, is that Townsville is definitely going on after the two races in Darwin, and the possibility that there could be a double-header weekend as well. That's been speculation for the last couple of weeks, confirmation hopefully coming on that shortly. But Sean Seamer confirming that Townsville is where they'll go next.
1: No, at this point in time, we're not making any changes to Townsville, The clear sentiment from all of the teams is: if they're on the road, they want to be racing.
0: Also, back on the cards, Queensland Raceway could be a possibility after the Townsville event. This is what Seema had to say about QR. Yeah,
1: we're looking at we're absolutely looking at that as an option. Uh, It's uh, obviously in a good location from an operational point of view for the teams, but we've just got to keep an eye on the hotspots over the next couple of weeks. So. I don't expect any uh, further
2: announcements around plans post-Townsville, um, probably until we get closer
1: to Townsville, to be honest with you. I think, if nothing else, uh, the events over the past couple of weeks have shown us that it's extremely difficult uh, to plan more than four to six weeks in advance
0: at the moment. And with the season going on for so long and being so disjointed with uh, teams and drivers having to be away from their families, especially the Victorian teams, one would think the Bathurst could be the finale for supercars in 2020. SEMA confirming that today.
1: Yeah, look, that's certainly a consideration. I think that, you know, the thing that's forefront of our minds is the amount of time that our people, both teams, TV, our partners and suppliers, the amount of time that they're spending away from their families is is taking its toll, right? So um, that is a a consideration. Um, We are looking at that as part of our planning, but like I say, we, you know, we've, four or five different scenario plans that we'll execute under any range of circumstances but but that is absolutely something that's under consideration
0: all right that's pretty much all the news on supercars in darwin we'll have more in our chat a little bit later on with richard and mark also tim macro to join us as well soon but first of all let's get into all the other news and we kick it off with formula one and Lewis Hamilton has become the first driver to win his home Grand Prix on seven occasions, having limped over the line at Silverstone on Sunday. Hamilton and Mercedes teammate Valtieri Bottas had seemed destined for a 1 2 finish, but the pair finished with late tyre drama that saw Bottas slip to 11th. Hamilton finished just five seconds ahead of a fast finishing Red Bull Max Verstappen and admitted the closing stages were extremely stressful.
3: And as I try to accelerate, the tire starts to deflate more, and I think I'm thinking I'm gonna lose the wing. I'm gonna maybe the wing will go under the car. You have all these different scenarios that uh that face you. But and the thing doesn't want to turn right, obviously, because his busted tire. So uh, I, I don't know. I just I made some switch changes to lock all the diff, and just tried my hardest to to get round without losing too much time. And I could hear him catching me. Just 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 19 fifteen, ten, seven and I'm I'm thinking, Jesus, this, this is the one of the most horrible feelings uh hearing someone catch you that like when you get overtaken just before the line or something. But uh you know, thankfully with uh with everyone's support we managed to bring it home.
0: Tire supplier Pirelli have launched a three hundred and sixty degree investigation into why Hamilton, Bottas and McLaren's Carlos signs. Suffered tyre failures late in the Grand Prix. Signs had been running fourth on the final lap, but John Bottas, in sliding down the placings, ultimate finishing, ultimately finishing in 13th place. Pirelli boss Mario Isola stated it was possible the tyres had worn on the high-speed track, but didn't rule out debris playing a role. Racing Point boss Otmar Snaufa has blamed a clutch bolt issue for the team's inability to start Nico Hülkenberg's car at Silverstone. The car's power unit failed to start prior to the race, leaving Hülkenberg, who qualified in 13th in the garage. It was to be the Germans' first race with his team, having... uh, It was to be the Germans' first race with the team, having recently joined as a short-term replacement for Sergio Perez, who had contracted COVID-19. Nico Hulkenberg, unfortunately, not happy with the
3: result. Yeah, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? Somehow it, it fits into all these crazy days that I've experienced. But obviously, uh, yeah, kind of disappointing and for me and for the team. Obviously, they tried everything. But uh, some sort of power unit issue, we didn't manage to to start the car and, and get out there, which is obviously, uh, yeah, um, yeah, disappointing uh, and a problem.
0: Red Bull's Alex Albon has described the incident which saw Kevin Magnussen crash out of the British Grand Prix. As fifty-fifty, despite being handed a five-second penalty, Magnuson labelled Albon's passing attempt on the first lap as poorly judged. And while the Dane did not return, Albon recovered to finish eighth. Despite this, Albon was willing to take the heat. Yeah, it was fifty-fifty to me. It was.
4: It was. Kevin went off the track, and he read, kind of the way he came on. There was a space there initially, and. Uh, At that point I realised, okay, he he doesn't see me or or the gaps closing very quickly and I tried to get away from it, but at that closing speed it was just too much. Um, And then uh, obviously we had the damage, which was a shame.
0: Meanwhile, this weekend's second Formula One Grand Prix in the UK will take on special historical significance, celebrating 70 years since the sport's first World Championship race. Silverstone hosted the historic event back in 1950, and will now become just the second track to host two events in a calendar year after July's dual Austrian events in Spielberg. Lewis Hamilton, Valtieri Bottas remained on top of the Drivers' Championship heading into the race, although third-place Mac Verstappen has closed the gap to Bottas to just six points for second. And with his preview into this weekend's Formula One racing, we welcome Dale Rogers.
2: Yes, thanks, Tony. Uh, there's no question that uh, the best place to be in uh, England in summertime is at Silverstone. The magnificent uh, old airfield turned on a great show. Uh, but the only place you probably didn't want to be if you were a Pirelli C1 tyre was Silverstone. An extraordinary race, in, probably in three stanzas. Uh, first part was action-packed, some great early lap uh, racing. Uh, from the front of the grid um, and some big accidents as well. We saw uh, uh, Magnussen tagged by Albon and then um, Danny Kivier, uh having a big, big um, failure in the rear of the car, rear tyre go down and sending him af- at, near, at Maggots. Uh, middle of the race uh, barely bedded itself down as we thought it would to a Mercedes procession but it all came alive in that last stanza. Uh, where, one by one, we saw the challenges uh, failing tyres. Uh, uh, not a good look for Pirelli, but uh, uh, Bottas was the first to go. Uh, Verstappen really uh, had that uh, pit stop which cost him the race, inevitably, to change. He was chasing a fastest lap. Had he stayed, he would have won. Uh, that's all easy to say in hindsight. Then we saw Carlos Sainz uh, go down with the front left, and then finally Lewis Hamilton on the very last lap of the race. So incredible last few laps. Um, It benefited Dan Ricciardo, who had driven a really good race, up two spots from the start, and when... um Of course, uh, battling with the the McLarens. Great to see the Renault with the McLarens, uh, and really they are not far off the pace of the uh, Ferrari now. So I think for the uh, Renault-supported teams, the factory team and and its customer team, there's a great battle ensuing there. Disappointment of the race for me was uh, was uh, Racing Point, not so much for Nico Hulkenberg, which was a tragedy to see him not start, but also that uh, um, Lance Stroll probably showed that... uh, He's not quite yet a front-runner, uh, in my opinion. The uh, the Had that been Perez in that car, probably would have gone a bit better. Did complain a lot of tyre issues uh, on the runs. Um, it was thrown into a, a disarray with the early uh, pit stops around lap 12. Pirelli had said that on a normal race, they would not have occurred lap 18 or 20, and then you wouldn't have had that extremely long run on the C1 tyre. However, looking forward now, Tony, uh, we go back to Silverstone, hopefully... The weather remains, or maybe maybe some rain would be good, uh, but another fantastic race ensuing this weekend at, at Silverstone. Uh, it's just a glorious circuit to watch Formula 1 cars on, even if the racing's not that great. Watching those change of directions of the cars through Beckett's and Maggots is just quite stunning. So uh, great coverage by Sky once again, and... Uh, Uh, But we do have a tyre change. The C1s, the ones that failed last weekend, will not be running. And they actually will go to a softer compound, the C2, 3 and 4 compounds they'll be using this week in. So the 4 is introduced, a softer compound. Um, But again, you know, it's probably not going to be the thing that will change the race. Uh, It'll change the strategies and it'll change the pit stops. But uh, I don't expect you'll see the same sort of tyre failures. Uh, Again, albeit that if those safety cars change your strategy right around, you are going to do long runs. Mercedes in a great space. They are a second faster than the field in qualifying, and that's just an eternity in this game. Um, but behind that, there is some great battles. Um, we, we see that the racing point is a very, very quick car, as we've been saying all year. Uh, the Renaults and McLarens really battling now for that uh, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh spot. Um, Ferrari, yeah, look Leclerc drove a great race, Uh, Vettel was absolutely nowhere and had some major problems with that car so uh, we'd hope that Seb gets back into the mix. Uh, And uh, yeah, so another great race, Uh, there's been a couple of new races announced uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, One that really caught my eye Tony was the the return to Imola and a two day event which is really interesting so they'll, uh, they'll practice and qualify on Saturday and race on the Sunday um, so it'll, it'll really test F1 to see if these condensed events will do it. No good for a promoter like the Australian Grand Prix Corp who relies on a four-day event. But under this, uh, this strange environment we're working in, Tony, at, uh, under the COVID rules, a two-day Formula One event could really be an action-packed event at a track they haven't been do for a long time. So let's go to Silverstone this weekend, see if uh, someone can knock those McLarens, uh, the uh, Mercedes off, and hopefully Dan the Man uh, brings home some more points.
0: Motorsport Australia has confirmed supercars must carry out at least six races across four states for the Australian Touring Car Championship title to be awarded. The state quota is set to be met this weekend in Darwin with races having previously taken place at Adelaide and Sydney, also Melbourne, with the 400 was cancelled due to COVID-19 but it's believed the event will count as qualification was carried out in full. A return to Queensland Raceway could be on the cars for supercars in 2020 but only if safety elements are reinstalled as they were in 2019. The Ipswich Track has been rumoured to host an event as COVID 19 continues to cause fixture uncertainty with only the upcoming Darwin doubleheader locked in, circuit owner John Tentley previously explained to theracetalk.com that the safety features, which are in line with FIA safety standards, couldn't necessarily be reinstalled at short notice. Yep.
1: Yeah, look, uh, we don't have any um, issue with supercars. I do have an issue with cams because. Yep. Uh, even though we spent $40,000 proving that Cota Barrier is the way to go and, and would have saved a life or two, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they still won't look at it. So we really are uncomfortable nowadays with the uh, CAM safety requirements. We don't think they're good enough. Rockingham
0: animals- is once again putting its hand up to host a supercars event. The public consultation now underway over a proposed motorsport facility in the region. The plan would see a 3.1 kilometre racing circuit while rallycross, karting and a drag strip are also included in the provisions. Public consultation is open until August 24, with a more detailed plan expected to be released in September or October. Meanwhile, also locally, racing returned to Malala last weekend with a load of XLs running around. Richard Crowell filed this report.
5: Hyundai XL national champion Asher Johnston has swept to his fourth Ryan Panovich Memorial Trophy victory as racing returned to South Australia at the weekend. Johnson sealed the win with a lights to flag victory in the 15 lap final on Sunday afternoon. His check it out racing XL, leading home Danny Errigo and James Benford, 15 year old Jaden Wanzek just missing the podium in fourth place. The RPMT, supported by theracetalk.com, is South Australia's signature XL event and this year attracted a bumper 39 car field despite not featuring any interstate drivers for the first time in its five year history. Johnston, who helped found the event in memory of a fellow Excel competitor, was justifiably pleased with his victory.
4: Yeah, pretty cool, mate, pretty cool. Um, we've had an awesome weekend. I can't thank my crew enough, Simon and Crusoe, um, Susan and Cherie for keeping us all in line, um, Dave Burnett at Excel Racing Australia for a really great engine, um, and all our supporters, um, Schneehouse Hilton, Graphic Art Mart, uh, Race Talk Media, everyone that gets behind us and, uh, and makes this happen, um, Hooligators, yeah, thanks to everyone. Oh, just prep, the, the extended break been really good we've, we've been able to try some new ideas And really get them sorted And have a good couple of test days prior to this weekend And then sort of we threw a, new, a few new bits at the car on Friday And they all worked So um, it's been, yeah, everything's gone to plan And yeah, the results have been fantastic So can't be happier
5: Second placed Erigo held off a challenge from Benford In a tight tussle for the podium spots Yeah,
4: that was awesome uh, We got a good start But obviously didn't have the pace of Asher Well done to Asher um, but yeah, we hung in there. I think James was catching me for a little bit. Um, I thought he was coming, but, ah, well, held him off. That was good. Yeah, I'm uh, spent about, I don't know, eight laps in. The old physique's not, that, not the greatest, so yeah. I'd like to thank Mike from MV Racing. Um, for He does everything for me. Um, Lee Stibbs helped me out, lending me tools. My old man, always there. My runs, the best, so yeah. All of the guys. If I missed out, anyone out for I I think yeah. Thank you. Benford,
5: meanwhile, recovered from a challenging start to his race to finish strongly and round out the podium.
4: Uh, yeah, really good. Um, a bit of a sketchy start to it. I had a big moment in uh, turn one, um, which just sort of let uh, Danny and um, Asher down the road a bit. Um, but sort of then uh, Jade Montet got a got a position on me as well. But got it back and was chasing and chasing, but closing the gap tens at a time and. Um, I felt like I was getting there. Maybe it was a 30 lapper. I might have got there, but um, no, I couldn't. Couldn't quite get it across. So yeah, it's, it's hard work. Um, every year I come here and think uh, I should probably come in a bit better condition. But this year with Rona, I think I've put on uh, eight kilos. I watched uh, all of the Seinfeld on a uh, stand again. So uh, the fitness is not good, and I felt it in that one. I'd like to just uh, Wayne um, and Leslie Paniewicz. Not only do we get to remember Ryan this weekend. Um, I know it's a big one for them so thanks to them for letting us do this every year, um, but particularly Wayne, um, he lent me a set of coilovers to, to get me on the track this weekend so without Wayne personally I wouldn't be on the track. Um, to my little brother as well, um, he does put a bit of time and he got me here, we were literally putting it together Friday night so thanks to him and obviously Matt from Vote NZ. Um, for his continued support. So thank you and thank you to everyone who put the event on.
0: Cheers.
5: The Ryan Panovich Memorial Trophy doubled as the first round at the SA State Championship. Johnston leading the standings, heading towards round two at the Bend in October. Repsol
0: Honda's Mark Marquez is set to miss this weekend's Czech Grand Prix at Brno, having undergone a second round of surgery to repair a plate in his right arm. The six-time champion sat out last week's Andalusian Grand Prix after breaking the arm in the closing stages of the Spanish Grand Prix last month. Frenchman Fabio Cuadarrero leads the MotoGP standings with 50 points from the two races. Three-time Indy 500 winner Helio Castroneves has signalled his intent to return to IndyCar in 2021 following the dissolution of Team Penske's and Acura's partnership at the end of the season. Castroneves switched from Team Penske's IndyCar program to their sports car program in 2017 and is now keen to re-establish himself in open-wheel racing. Castroneves finished fourth in his last full IndyCar season with a win and three pole positions and admitted at the time he felt he had unfinished business in the sport. And finally, Brad Keselowski has announced he'll extend his time at Team Penske for the 2021 NASCAR season. Kozulowski has been with the team since 2010, winning 32 races and becoming the Cup Series Champion. In 2012, he stated his sights are now set on the Daytona 500 and another championship. That's it for the news. Let's get straight into our chats. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right, Kralzi, time to catch up with an old mate of ours. He's been a longer mate with you in your time with Formula 3. We speak, of course, of Formula 3 legend and motor racing man here in Australia, Timmy Macro. Hello, Tim. How are you?
3: Hi, guys. Uh, not too bad. Just getting ready for lockdown. So, yeah, we're <laughs> nearly there tomorrow. So, yeah, that's where we're at.
0: So, Kralzi, we've got Tim on to sort of have a chat to us in regards to what it's like to be someone involved in motor racing here in Melbourne. We're effectively... Mm-hmm in the last two days, the government has put so many regulations and restrictions on that uh, motor racing will stop. People going to the garage to work on their cars will stop and it just looks like, yeah, an absolute full stop to six weeks.
5: Yeah, well, inconceivably, motorsport not um, deemed an essential service, which is rather offensive to those of us that work in the sport. But, Timmy, just, just as a Victorian race team owner, um, as a business owner who works predominantly in motorsport, just give us an idea of the effect this next six weeks is going to have on you from a business and personal point of view.
3: Well, I was thinking about this today. It's essentially, we haven't really done anything since since the Grand Prix. Like, mm-hmm. that's how long we've sort of been um, sort of in limbo. Along the way, we've done a couple of test days and some things happened sort of in the first version of lockdown. but basically this lockdown means we can't operate. So for the next six weeks, we're going to be doing nothing. Uh, we won't be coming into the workshop. Uh, even if, we ha- if you have some little projects or anything that we're going to be keeping you going, that's got to stop because we're just not deemed essential. So if we feel down in Victoria, I think we feel like we're a little bit of the naughty cousin, I suppose, to the rest of the world because we're be- being sort of cut out of the rest of um, Australia. But at our level, like, I mean, I've... Obviously, we do the S5000. Um, I'm in radical carp. I do some historic stuff as well. Um, you know, none of that's happening, and so basically, we're sort of just sitting here, sort of twiddling our thumbs a little bit, and uh, yeah, we just have to ride it out, and uh, so hopefully, we get get past the other end. And I think another thing is too is that yeah, we're we're quite we are professional teams, but we're semi professional in that. We can't do what supercars are doing because a lot of the guys are contractors and they have other work. So we just can't operate in a bubble or that's that kind of way, to be honest.
0: So, Tim, while you are a a team owner and a mechanic and all that sort of stuff, primarily you are a race car driver and while other Australian sportsmen at the professional level are getting the opportunity like AFL footballers and the like to do and apply their trade, what does it feel like as a sportsman who can't perform any sport? It's
3: really weird it's frustrating um i mean i I like getting in the sim and doing all that sort of stuff and i've raced the arg um sort of online stuff but it's it's just not the same like you know we live and breathe this stuff we like going to the racetrack i think you know obviously the racing and my driving is a massive part of what i do and my business and all that sort of stuff but it's also the add-ons from that is that i do a lot of driver coaching for a lot of different people Um, I work for a lot of different car companies as well along the line. And basically that's all gone. So that's all shut down. And a lot of the car company stuff, for example, is shut down till next year. So there's a lot of people in that position sort of, you know, at the level, you know, the semi-professional level that um, who work um, otherwise in motorsport, but doing other things as well, can't, can't operate um, at all. So it's um, frustrating, a little bit worrying too. And it's just plain weird as well. Like with, Having not sat in a race car effectively since um, the Grand Prix, it's, I think, the longest time um, it's ever been since I've sat in a car. So, anyway, um, as I said before, we'll just have to ride it out and hopefully this will, you know, hit it on the head. Hopefully, you know, if everybody behaves like they should, that um, our industry can get back up and running before the end of the year.
5: Mate, you're well connected in the the Melbourne racing family and a lot of the sport, a massive chunk of the sport is based over there and, and that's what's causing so many dramas nationally and that almost every category has an enormous chunk of their competitors that come out of that part of the world. Um, what's been your read from people you've talked to in the game in the last couple of days and within the industry and just how the, the industry, I suppose, is holding up out of this? Because there's... There's going to be some collateral damage along the way, isn't there? This, the financial implications of this are so serious.
3: Well, there's there's a lot of people um, who have a lot a lot larger overheads and and doing some sort of categories like you know career cup and stuff like that that are in a lot worse position than me and um, I, you know they've got to be hurting and I think everybody's hurting and especially in that instance you've got you know three career cup cars sitting there that you know, effectively, you know, they've got a four-year lifespan. You're basically missing out on a year of earning money um, off that car. So it's it's really difficult. And for the people who own cars as well, like, I mean, I just, yeah, it it just hurts all around. There is some different businesses that, you know, still do some fabrication and stuff. They can still sort of operate, but it's a little bit grey as to whether they'll be allowed to operate in stage four as well. I'm not entirely sure. So we're still kind of working out from what we've heard today, exactly what we can and can't do. So there's a lot of different businesses around Melbourne that are in a, a lot worse position than I am. But the 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 hard part is not being able to go interstate. Mm. Um, so for example, there was a state round in Sydney on the weekend that I could have gone to, you know, help some customers, you know, earn some money, cross the border, all that sort of stuff. We can't do that, and that's probably the worst thing out of the lot. We you know we can't even get out of Melbourne at the moment. You get to Broadford um, just before Winton, and there's a they stop you and ask you what you're doing. So
5: we can't even get that far. There's a, no one can prepare for this kind of situation. No one can prepare for a global pandemic like this, but do you feel like our sport in in particular at that semi-pro level? So Super 2, Carrera Cup, the stuff you're doing S5000 TCR. Do you feel like this is maybe, I'm, I'm trying to pick up the right words, exposed a few weaknesses in the business model and the fact the margins are so unbelievably tiny as well and that a lot of people are just skating by on the skin of their teeth to get by in this industry do you feel like it's exposed a few elements that down the road we perhaps need to work on in the affordability side of motor racing
3: yeah like i mean to be honest i haven't really thought about it too in depth but yeah like i mean this has really exposed the fact that if something like this happens where we stop dead a lot of people won't be able to survive it And, um, yeah, maybe we need to look at a few things and how everything operates and the affordability of the categories and, you know, yeah, you know, even bigger business that you see outside of motorsport, like they've just completely – this has just decimated them. And, you know, maybe there is a few things we can look at to, you know, make it a little bit more sustainable cost-wise and make it a little bit easier on the team so they're not flying so close to the wind. But, you know, it's going to have to, you know, we're going to have to have a good look at it. And and just in case, well, hopefully things cross, nothing like this happens ever again.
0: We uh, hear from ARG and the fact that they believe that they're going to get some racing in at some point down the track. It looks very much likely that that Sydney round will be cancelled and that's done and dusted. Uh, it's getting harder, isn't it, to even, to even consider having some sort of racing in 2020 for the fact that by the time Victoria's back on the, market it'll be like the end of September at least as a minimum
3: yeah I I hate to think like that but it is getting to that point where you know you do sort of start thinking will we be on the grid this year I really hope so I really like I mean we're going to Bathurst in the S5000 like we've got to do it you know it's got to happen but no it, it may not we might have to wait till next year and it's um I, you know, in reflection for myself, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not towards the end of my career, but I'm getting there and every year counts. And this year was going to be a really big year for me, not only driving wise, but team wise, I had some stuff overseas to do and bits and pieces as well of driving. And, you know, I haven't got heaps of years left. So it's, it's like a year lost and, you know, I I really hope that we can just get on the grid and do two or three races before the end of the year, before Christmas comes, and then head over to Tassie in January and, um, you know almost make a summer series out of it so um uh, yeah i just hope that that happens
0: financially tim have you been hit hard in regards to this personally are you eligible for the jobkeeper fifteen hundred dollar payment and the like
3: yeah, yeah it's um it's been real tough to be brutally honest um look i mean so yeah i've only just become eligible for jobkeeper so that's gonna you know, make things a little bit easier, but yeah, like I mean, your budget for the year, like my sponsors as well. Like I had really good sponsorship this year from UCS and Holinger and and different people that were um going to be on the S five thousand. And I, you know, leading up to the Grand Prix, the hardest part about the Grand Prix is we actually got there, so the money was spent. Mm. So it's really hard to give them any value, and whether or not they'll they'll want to do the rest. Of, if we do more races this year, whether or not they can actually do them is you know still in question so you know we may not get to the grid because of sponsorship and obviously the first thing to go when you know businesses are struggling is marketing so um yeah it it was it's been a really big hit and also like because i run you know cars in different categories as well there's no money coming in basically so it's um it's it's pretty tough to be honest
5: uh, what what has been going on though, Timmy, in your world? And I understand that there's a little simulator project that's been occurring <laughs> behind the scenes to uh, keep yourself occupied.
3: Yeah, look, as you know, I do a lot of driver coaching, younger guys, older guys, all, and girls as well, all, all over Australia. And um, we've been building it for a little while, just sort of getting there. But obviously the pandemic, we haven't really had much to do in the workshop. So we've built a really, really cool sim uh, with a genuine open wheel tub, um, you know, screens, VR, the whole bit. So we've gone a little bit all out with it, and I really want to try and bridge the gap between go karts and getting into either lower formulae like Formula Ford or Formula Three. Um, I really want to bridge that gap, and that's that's why I made it out of an open wheeler as well, because you know I want to help help the younger guys and and get them out of carts into race cars. And so really, I think you know the sim is is becoming a big part of day to-day business for teams as well um, getting their drivers some experience learning the tracks all that sort of thing so gone down that road and um, yeah we're going to start pushing it shortly it's only really just been finished and uh, hopefully when was six weeks is over we can get a few people in and and uh, get coaching them and then get them into cars
5: it's a cool thing Shebex. So yeah, I' yeah uh, I see a few photos of it it is the most
3: tricky background <laughs> oh, there we are. Oh yeah that's uh, Look at
5: that. yeah mate, that is a Formula One car <laughs> with a computer screen. It's very cool. No, cool. Um cool. mate, good to hear you're still going all right. Um these next weeks I I think are gonna to be tough. It's it's the whole industry's hurting nationally, and if you're not in a supercar team and even they're in some strife, um, you know, it, it's... it's yeah, making
3: hurting as well.
5: Yeah, it, it's so hard because so much of the sport is based in Melbourne. So every national category mm-hmm. um, has you know, a better than 50% portion of their grid that comes out of Victoria. So without it, it's a massive struggle. So um, glad you're chipping away, mate. Good to catch yeah. up. And um, we're sure you'll be yes. back on the grid for S5000 and um, go for another Gold Star win to add to your already impressive tally of uh, wins and
0: Slicks victories.
3: Fingers crossed, guys. Uh, thanks Good for on having you, Tim. me and uh, stay safe.
0: Tim Macro Cheers. joining us here on the grid. All right, as we continue the program, of course, On the Grid, proudly brought to you by Manscaped.com. And we've got a special offer for you in regards to Manscaped. We'll talk about that very shortly, Richard. As Wait, we... hang on. Hang on. Have we got a sponsor? We have got a sponsor. Aside from our
5: great friends at National Transport Insurance and Truck Assist. Have, Mans... we got a, have you
0: got a sponsor for the podcast? Manscaped have come on board and wow. have sent us an amazing pack of Manscaping stuff. So we can just feel just that little bit better. Down below, Mark Walker from theracetalk.com has actually initiated his lawnmower 3.0. How are you, Mark? Shebexter, i got to tell you, can
6: I recount you a story of how I made myself feel a bit better in that first lockdown we had up here in Queensland? Because Please I, I do. We'll wind up with another one. Uh, I don't know if you remember, halfway in, I was looking like the caddy from Happy Gilmore. You, you know were, that correct. Uh, Yes. Yep. So I've invested in some hair grooming products. I give myself a haircut every Saturday morning and I feel absolutely brand new. There's something to be said for looking after yourself. Even in these absolutely rubbish times that we're living through, at least if you look after yourself a bit, you've got that still to go on. So I highly recommend looking after yourself.
0: Up above and down below.
6: Get it done, just get it all done.
0: Well, the great news is for us here in Australia is that Manscaped have just launched here in Australia. And of course, a lot of us blokes have gone years without Manscaping. I've been a disbeliever of it for a long, long time. But now, this third generation trimmer called Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, Mark, any snicks, any nicks? Oh,
6: you'd hope not. No, of course not. You're a skilled <laughs> operator. You get it done, you look after yourself.
0: Trimming that junk of yours is important. And I'm glad you've done it, Mark. Get 20% off and free shipping when you mention the code or when you type in the code mypodcasthouse at manscaped.com when you go to check out. Your balls will thank you for being a part of it. So get 20% off and free shipping with mypodcasthouse. That's the code at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. All you need to do is use that code and it is time to look after yourself down below. So always great to have a uh, a new sponsor on board and we uh, thank Manscaped who are involved with us for the next four weeks and hopefully even longer. Gentlemen, it's time to talk some racing and the delay of this podcast normally goes out around about midday on a Wednesday on mypodcasthouse.com. Obviously, it's been held off because a very special announcement which we have had in our news segment has been made. Your thoughts on the cancellation of Darwin Racing this week and what (laughs) may happen in the future?
5: Well, boys, I'm feeling a strange sense of deja vu because we should be absolutely transparent with our listener that um, this is take two of On the Grid. Because <laughs> we, we usually record on a Tuesday night, um, and we may as well have been recording in 1980 yeah, for all the sense that we made in version 1.0 of On the Grid. So, uh, as we got closer to the podcast dropping today, uh, and the news continued to today being Wednesday. Um, and the news continued to evolve out of what was going on up in Darwin with this drama um, in getting everybody in, uh, we decided that it might just be worth in sitting on it for a little bit and uh, prolonging. So we're absolutely 100% up to speed. And of course for our listeners joining us on on RS1 by the radio show limited network, um, this will be more topical for them as well. Uh, Yeah. What a, what a, what a strange four or five days of will they, won't they, this has been. And, and this in, it's been so different to the Victorian rush to the border and the subsequent rush to Queensland, but it's just another bloody odd chapter in the way that this year has played out. Quite obscure, um, but ultimately probably a good result because the alternative from as far as we could see was Darwin not going ahead at all. And that would have placed real doubts on the remainder of this championship even happening, I would have thought. So the fact that Darwin's been pushed back a week Um, at least one of the darwins has been pushed back a week that's great fantastic and then um,
6: maybe some innovation
5: for the second darwin round before they ship across to north queensland
6: so going back going back to last friday was it friday 2020 or was it friday 2003 i don't know it seems to have uh, gone on just a little bit there so the northern territory government shut off their borders retrospectively pretty much to people who were in certain parts of brisbane and as of Friday evening, we had supercar staff members, drivers wandering around town out there posting their stuff on social media, having a grand old time. The, uh, the words come down from the towers, nope, we've got to shut this down. So people are busily moving house, deleting social media posts, pretending that Friday evening never happened. And then we spent, what, four and a half days in limbo. Where we just did not know what was going on. We had people lining up the airport this morning. There was uh, toying and froing there. What was going on? As we speak right now, Virgin Airlines flight, uh, where are we? VZ? 9.007 is somewhere in the middle of absolutely nowhere, over the middle of Queensland. Probably where they've got <laughs> Oh, <laughs> got another couple of hours to go until they touch down in, in Darwin. And even then, it, it's a mad time for some of those occupants of the plane. They'll be apparently going into quarantine. Others won't be, but um, Yeah. It's going to be positive, the fact that we are actually going to still have a championship going on here. I'm probably a little bit less angry about those two girls who who ran the border last week uh, criminally, and we're about to stuff everything up for everyone. But uh, we (laughs) can almost forgive them. Don't worry, it's all right. We can keep going and racing. No, don't forgive them. Don't
5: forgive them. them. No, they've delayed things by a week. And I had my weekend planned out to the tee. It was a a long weekend in my groove on the couch. Uh, I had the icebox ready supercars roll into some formula one this
6: opens up time this opens up time for you to go and rewire your car
5: oh well that (laughs) yes god only knows it needs that look it's interesting isn't it and this whole situation has come out of darwin doing what every other state hasn't done so far which is putting a block on the border and doing it straight away because everything else we've seen has been right you've got 48 hours to get across the border or you've got 24 hours, or you've got a day, or whatever it might be. Darwin went, no, if you've been in that hotspot, you're not coming in. Simple as that, without having to quarantine. So that was the key issue. Um, my word from inside the Territory is that there were approvals from the major events, obviously, who were putting on the Hidden Valley event, and also from uh, NT Health, but that it went to the very top of the Territory government, and there was some um, reticence there justifiably so probably in these very challenging times where everyone's got public health at the forefront of their mind and that's what's caused the delay and the toing and froing has been between the government trying to get their events still going, but also to try and tick their box in the isolation and the quarantine. And then because 90% of the paddock was good to go and 10% of it had to isolate, there were real dramas in how you split that and how you manage it. So that's what's caused the delay for five days of backs and forwards and trucks being parked out in the middle of Queensland, parked on the border waiting to cross, but not being allowed to go over or or being told not to go over. That's what's caused the delay. Quite a remarkable um, turn of events, but yeah, outcome is that everyone's going to get a nice holiday in one of the nicest places in Australia uh, in the middle of winter where it's 32 degrees at day and 22 at night. And um, then we can go car racing again. So
6: Exactly. It was the optics of them allowing some people in and not allowing other people in, which they just couldn't allow at the same time. Mm. These people won't have it. There hasn't been community transmission in Brisbane. It hasn't been out of control. Yep. Those people did the wrong thing, but by the same token, it hasn't spread into a widespread drama here in Brisbane. So I think with 100% confidence, you could say that nobody will have COVID in yep. the Northern Territory on that plane heading up there right now. But yep. by the same token, it's a bad look, Shebex.
0: Yeah. What was a, uh, an interesting comment from Sean Seamer, which we heard earlier on was in the press conference we just had this afternoon when I asked him in regards to was uh, supercars caught a little bit off guard by Darwin closing those borders to the hotspots in Queensland? And Sean's answer was nobody could predict the two girls would go down to Melbourne on a shoplifting spree. <laughs> that was lovely of him. Yeah, right. Well... <laughs> and he was absolutely spot on. No one could predict that. What we, what we can predict, though, is that we will have racing in Darwin next weekend. We will have a second round in Darwin. Now, at the moment, it would seem, and everything would point to the fact that that racing is going to be midweek and the possibility of a twilight mm. uh, round on the Wednesday night. And I say that due to the fact that AFL is in town that weekend. So it would be unho- highly unlikely that Darwin would want supercars going up against AFL there's going to be two very significant events two games uh, up in Darwin on that weekend including the dreamtime game between Richmond and Essendon so no one would want to take anything really away from that game because that'll be massive mm. for our indigenous community up there but also I think due to the fact that there's an election on around that time as well in Darwin so yeah. midweek and- option would seem very very likely
5: so there's a couple of things in that. The, the election's an interesting one. And, and I, I would throw money at the fact that I reckon that's influenced the decision-making here, because if there wasn't an election, I would have thought that the government would have gone, no, fine, we'll give you an exemption. But this, the current NT government is up for re-election in a couple of weeks. So they're just dotting the I's, crossing the T's, making they don't do anything that will create a perception of there being risk for the Northern territory with outsiders coming in and they're isolated as it is. Um, So, so that's one thing. The the midweek racing thing is interesting. Now I I think we can feel, we don't feel smug here on the grid, but I, I think we can have a wry smile because if we've been consistent in one thing, gents, it's been in pushing the weeknight weekday racing bandwagon since this all teed off as it, and it needing to be a viable option yep. and E series backed that up as being a viable option. The only problem with it is, is that the window to get it in is going to be really awkward because it's dark by six, six thirty. So there is some temporary lighting at hidden Valley raceway down the main straight, because it's a drag strip as well. And they run there under lights. So you could run into the twilight. You're not going to have a problem with it raining and being dark and gloomy. So that's a tick. Um, but from a TV window, if you're Fox Sports, you want it on at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night to get the most ratings, they're going to have to run a race at 5pm, 5.00 5.30, Wednesday yeah. night, at the latest. Um, so the scheduling's not ideal, but at the same time, it, it, it's great that this might be an option for them to get in, because we've been talking about it for a long time, and we've been wanting them to experiment and use this opportunity to do different things since this all teed off, and they sort of being forced into it now, which is not an entirely bad thing in my
6: opinion. And that Wednesday race too would open up the window to transit across to yeah. Townsville. So it's about Earlier. a two and a half, it's about a two and a half day truck drive across land there. So you, you really wouldn't want to be running those events back to back on Sunday and Saturday sort of thing. So at least if you open up another three days of transit there, the teams can mm. prep the cars a bit before Townsville and it seems from what everyone's been saying that Townswell will wind up being two events which is a good thing and a good use of the facilities up there obviously being the two day events that they will wind up being it won't be a drum with the school because that was always the problem with that facility there is that it goes around the school so it always yeah. fell in school holiday times the fact that it's only a Sunday Sunday they don't have to send all the kiddies home from school they can run two weekend events there in a row outside of school holidays and it's no problem.
0: Can I just tell you, boys, that post-Townsville, now, as we said, we do believe that there will be a second event at Townsville. Post-Townsville is interesting. Having a chat to Scott Seaman in that press conference only a couple of hours ago, it would seem that Queensland Wasteway is very much on the cards and a big possibility. Did I say Wasteway? You did, did say some, Wasteway. So those, wascally wascally <laughs> those
2: wascally
5: rabbits. Those wascally rabbits. Uh, you also called him Scott Seymour, and I don't know who that uh, is. So Sean sure. Seymour.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Seymour and Queensland Raceway. Definitely back on the cards, and mm. I think that that is a big possibility. What is also a massive possibility with uh, Sean announcing that the sandown date is definitely scrapped now for September, is I think that this is just all too hard now, and it would seem very, very likely, and, Scott, and Sean did admit... <laughs> come on mate (laughs) sorry and Sean did admit that uh Bathurst is definitely one of their preferred scenarios for the finish for the season
5: yeah and that that makes a whole lot of sense Uh, the risk is that if you send people home to Victoria now they might not get out again until the end of the year because we just don't know how long this Victorian lockdown is going to last um and once they're in they ain't coming out so that's that's part of the problem um while you've got them on the road, try and shorten that time period as much as you can. Bathurst in early October, at least you get the biggest event of the year on, conclude the championship on a massive high with the biggest TV ratings of the year, put a dot in it, and then everyone can have, well, what, until February, March next year, potentially they can have five months. Well, (laughs) it could be. (laughs) Five months (laughs) off to recoup, recharge, give their staff some downtime for a couple of weeks and then, then stress about, season 2021 and whatever the hell that holds. So look,
6: it's the most common sense outcome
5: to get the championship done and and get it away for sure.
6: And I mean, it's happened before we have ended the championship at Bathurst went back in the day when it was just coming on stream as a points race. So Mm. there's precedence there Um, at the rate it's going, it'll wind up being a Scott McLaughlin affair anyway. Well,
5: it'll probably win it it before then. So yeah. yeah, But even
6: even then October, that's six years away. Like that could be anything. I mean, are Mm. we going to be able to get, uh, co-drivers out of Victoria. Is New South Wales going to be on lockdown? Is Queensland mm. going to be on lockdown by then? Who the bloody hell knows? So yeah. There's so much still to play out. It's great that we've got seemingly the next few weeks locked away in the bank, but we're, we're, we're joking ourselves when we say this is what is going to happen. Yeah,
5: no, 100%. But that's yeah. been the case since March. So
0: The great, the great thing is is that the uh, team at the racetalk.com have produced a Darwin... Your uh, beauty, preview. get we to use, use it. it. Your so
5: beauty. We mentioned at the top of this segment that we've actually already recorded this once. <laughs> we we're all. We don't know if we can actually use the preview or not. Well, turns out we'll just keep it on ice, like a valid next beer. Sure. Yeah, and we'll just slide it out next Wednesday. Sensational. <laughs>
6: Oh, that, you've made my day. This is, a, I was so angry last night. I said, and now we've got a preview. This is the preview we're going to roll with. <laughs> now we're all happy. I'll just record it next week when we're all happy and it's fresh and new and still Brilliant. relevant. How good. Brilliant. Speaking
0: of anger, we all did have a, a little bit of anger and angst, I suppose, towards the establishment and the government and the like, and, and the way it all played out in the last few days. Are we, are we happy to cut them sort of some slack, now sort of having a little bit of an indication of knowing? No, What's happened in the last few days?
5: No, nah. I'm not. I'm not sure, because I think this could have been managed better from all sides from the very start. And, and it, was, it was the lack of communication that bugged me and everybody, yeah. I think, that's been involved in trying to follow this. And that it was radio silence. Now, block the teams and drivers from social media, hearing, drivers especially, because they're irresponsible on social media at the best of times. So that that stops them from tripping up and causing you grief with your government deals that you've got when you're trying to get 250 people into another state in these times. That's fine. But there, there wasn't enough from the hierarchy at supercars just going, hey, this is why we've delayed the flight. or This is why the trucks can't cross doesn't have to be much just go, hey look we're working through this with the government there was a a five-line statement what last friday i think in the evening and that was all we've seen and and it was the same from the government in the territory and sure they've got an election coming up so they've probably got other things to deal with but you know they've sold four and a half thousand tickets a day to this event and more for the next one whenever that might be so you know as of Tuesday night at five o'clock as we were recording our pod version one of this podcast going, we don't know what the hell's going on. There were still posts going up on the official Darwin supercars, Facebook page going, buy some tickets, grab the yeah. last spots, make sure you get there. Don't miss it. It's going to be huge. It's this weekend. So all around, I think it's been just the cons around. It's been a little bit frustrating. I think from everyone and chats we've had with our Juno colleagues in the game have, have all said similar things.
6: I mean, everyone was, all the drivers, everyone was gagged. Everyone in team land, they're all gagged. They weren't allowed to say anything. I think a lot of information has leaked out to journalists. I think there yeah. have been posts going around that were 100% true. Last weekend, yep. we were 100% on for this weekend. They're flying out Monday night. Yep. The problem is with the, the whole silent treatment is that everything that's gone on in this past week is going to come out in the wash. Yeah. There's no point hiding it. If they were cancelled, if it was on, no matter what the outcome was going to be, mm. the facts were going to come out. There was no point suppressing it, was there?
5: No.
6: I, I suppose one good thing is, because we had that radio silence last weekend, I said this exact thing last night, so it was a good practice really, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, that complaints I've heard from people about that last Sydney Motorsport Park event is that they didn't know it was on. Yep. And like you had last weekend the big run up into this event in Darwin and no one was saying a word about the event. Mm. At least now we've got a week and a half that we can talk up this event, yeah. put it on the map, get it in yeah. front of everyone, get everyone tuned in. So I think that's a positive, you know, I think that'll work a lot better in favor of the TV numbers that way.
5: Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. And it will help subsequent events because this uh, next round is uh, a channel 10 free to air event as well that Townsville will be, one of the Townsville's will be a free to wear event. So they're going to get some momentum in a short space of time. So hopefully those TV numbers, which have been a bit soft of the rounds we've had, which is understandable given the variable schedules and the timing and everything around it, it's going to give them a good nudge moving into Bathurst and hopefully give that a massive boost when we get to October. So um, yeah, that's a, a positive about it for sure. Couldn't agree with you more on that one.
0: No doubt. All right, guys, let's call it quits because I'm still going to go write a new news on <laughs> right the top news. of this and throw in some grabs and get this out. So thank you for your uh, your patience on this one.
5: So we'll preview Darwin next week, boys. Um, yeah, yeah and we will talk about the triple crown and one of the best events on the calendar, and we'll try and get a driver on if they're ungagged by that point. Uh, we see, should we should try and get someone who's spent a week in Darwin. I so. Uh,
6: on yes. the show, shouldn't we? That'd be Surely. no good. Yeah. That'd be no good. We, we made some <laughs> suggestions of people who are local up there, but I think they've all hit the cans. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, anyway. we definitely, we'll definitely get someone on next week. All right, boys, have a great week. Uh, enjoy the F1 on the weekend. That's about all we've got, <laughs> isn't it really? And we'll talk again next week. Talk Bye. Again. Mark and Richard joining us there. Thank you for joining us as well. We'll catch you next week right here on The Grid.